Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to the Saints of Little Knowing podcast today. Uh, with me today, we have Noah Hyde and Noah Prater, so two Noahs, and we have Max as well, and me, Zach. So, uh, today we're going to talk about uh, worship, and what does that mean, what does biblical worship look like? Specifically, I think we're going to talk about uh, worship in the church, as in uh, music worship, because obviously worship can be many different things. It can also be how you live your life, and many different things about you, so we want to kind of talk about that, but let's start with kind of uh, music worship. Uh, what do you guys think? What do you guys, what's your initial kind of thoughts you'd like to share about about that subject? And what worship should be and what kind of the goal of it is and what it kind of looks like? Mr. Hyde, you're reading a book. Why don't you oh gosh. <laughs> All right. give us a rundown? I don't know. Um, what's your first thought that you have that a piece of advice that you've gotten from this book that you're reading about. Uh, well, what is the book first thing? The book is With Reverence and Awe, Returning to the Basics of Reformed Worship by D.G. Hart, Hart and John R. Muther, M-U-E-T-H-E-R. I don't know. Um, I attend a Reformed Baptist church in Auburn, tiny little town in Indiana, and... I agree with a lot of the points in general. What are the points? Like with with the Bible and just... Oh, I thought you meant like with worship you were agreeing the points. Well, I'm saying like in general like Reformed theology and it's very like go to the Bible. Like that's yeah. solid foundation, which mm-hmm. I, yeah. I appreciate because I sometimes get confused with all the different... Uh, forms of Christianity yeah um, which I'm not opposed to if you know like I've mentioned before in a podcast six main points as long as you follow that I'm we'll have some discussions for sure but I'm sure you can yeah get along find people so kind of having the basic truths at the heart of worship and any church really yeah and that's kind of the it's kind of the starting point is what truth do you believe Right. That you're even coming from. Yes, yeah. so that's what the book starts with. It's like what, like what you believe, firstly about the Bible and such things. No, um, it actually starts out with uh, talking about um, talking about modern worship nowadays. Uh, what's wrong with it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, just the casual kind of nonchalantness of it Mm -hmm. um the emotional side to it the repetitiveness um i'm not opposed to it i'm kind of on the middle ground uh because our sunday school is part of our sunday school our worship team is going through this book and i'm kind of in the middle because i don't like picking one side because if you just pick one side, you get too stubborn. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I would get too stubborn, and I wouldn't be open to other opinions. So, what sides would you say you see as the two sides that they show up here? Uh, they show just um, hymns. Um, I've only read the introduction in the first chapter. <laughs> We're going to the second chapter this Sunday, so okay. I barely so know the book. Kind of- 
classic classic, kind of classic version yeah. versus versus the modern kind of worship band kind of emotional style. Yeah. high traditional versus contemporary yeah, yeah. that that that's yeah sum yeah. that up I would I would think that's a good summary and I think to be honest from my knowledge of history that is a pretty standard debate throughout church history that from the very beginning you had you know someone like I think John Calvin said. He only wanted to use psalms. He wouldn't have any other songs. Just singing psalms. That was wow. all he allowed in his church. Okay, and he was like mad at people. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he was like, that's all I'll allow except for other things. So then you had obviously a lot of people like, you know, someone, even like someone like Luther, who was much more like, he was writing hymns himself, you yeah. know, and yeah, he was much more like that. Yeah. But then obviously you had coming away from the Catholic Church, you know, you had the Catholic Church basically saying, you know, you need to sing these, you know, really complex, you know, songs in Latin, you know, so not in your own language. You're saying this and you're like, what is, what am I singing? <laughs> but obviously that still goes on today. Now, obviously I think they've switched a lot to more English language in worship. And yeah. so there is, I found even in like, if you listen to like more of like, the, even farther back classical like music, like cause a lot of the composers, you know, wrote for the Catholic church. You know, I mean, there is some really great things they're saying. It's just... When it's in Latin, you're like, well, I can't understand this. So right. in some ways, they had the truth in their songs. Now, they might not have lived it out, but in their songs, they actually were singing the truth. I just kind of give that as an example of like, you know, singing the truth in worship and not just making it completely about emotions, but doing something beautifully that's in, you know, has good truth in it. So I mean, some of the new churches that have, I got a question, those new churches that have really... Uh, emotional like you said emotional worship and uh, they sell a lot of albums and stuff like that yeah do you think those songs those contemporary artists you know the places like Hillsong and Bethel and they're really like the mega churches mm -hmm. I think those those songs should be you know Some. used in, in our churches in our corporate worship because and here's why here's the qualifying they a lot of them are like false churches. Uh, their doctrine, their doctrine is way off from from reform doctrine, mm -hmm. and it's it's oftentimes heretical. Mm -hmm. And they do a lot of outreach to in in their areas wherever they're located. And so by by listening to or by worshiping to those songs in the service, you're theoretically Kind of generating uh, an interest or a playback with those types of songs because mm -hmm. those people are going to go oh i'm going to listen to this throughout the week and so whether that's on whatever music platform that is they do make mm -hmm. royalties from those platforms and eventually mm -hmm. at some point there's money that goes back into those churches which only feeds that that cycle of mm -hmm. bad doctrine and and mm -hmm. usually very simple music yeah lyrical Mm -hmm. music and so at that point should you say well no we're going to sing sing something a little more rich and that actually comes from a good church but on the other hand mm -hmm. a lot of people still sing it as well with you know by Horatio Spafford who was a 18th century heretic basically mm -hmm. I guess he he was a universalist and we most of our reformed churches would not hold that opinion Mm -hmm. Yeah, we still sing his song. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point to bring up um, because I think that that song is amazingly truthful about God. Like, 
So that's what I would say for me is the test. I, I still think that I don't know that you are responsible for what people do with the worship music they produce. Like I, I, I would see it as more of a Paul thing saying like, you know, whether they're preaching it out of spite for me or whatever, as long as the gospel is preached, I'm happy. I think it's more that a lot of their songs don't have anything too valuable in them. So I absolutely listen to some of their songs, but I find that there's only a few of them that I can really go, yeah, that's really good truth. That actually isn't really encouraging to me. I feel like a lot of them are like just kind of the same old, same old lyrics that you're kind of like, that's not really telling me much about God. That's not really giving me much biblical truth. I don't know. But what about, what about the case in, I mean, you may not be directly responsible, but in a certain sense, you are complicitous to that, right? Yeah. You mean you're, you think you're complicit in it? Yeah. Because you're doing it? Why? You think because you're feeding what they're doing their, with their money? Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's creating, it's generating an, uh, like, I'm not saying you should never listen to that music, but I would, I would steer away from that type of music being used in corporate Sunday worship. Be discerning. Well, yeah, ultimately be discerning, but I think it goes deeper than that. Honestly, I, first off, I'm not a huge fan of those songs in Sunday morning worship mm -hmm. because it encourages people more towards emotionalism as compared to singing biblical truth. Yes, there's emotion in worship. I understand yeah. that. But I'm not a fan of trying to elicit an, an over-emotional response to that where eventually people get hooked on the emotion and the truth goes, it, it kind of gets thrown out you know, the baby with the bathwater type of idea. Yeah. So I don't really like, I don't like the fact, but I, occasionally I listen to that kind of stuff, like throughout the week, I'll listen to that kind of stuff. Don't, so don't you ever feel as though you're legalizing worship? Mm, like, I don't know. You're looking at worship and saying they're being emotional. I didn't say there was anything wrong with being emotional. Okay. I said, I don't like it when churches elicit an over-emotional okay. response. Which can be very, very dangerous. I mean, you see, like, you look at if you look into some of these churches that that do that or have that kind of model, it's it's not good for those members. Uh, it becomes very like borderline cultish in some respects. Which it's not it's not very good. I don't believe. When people like what you're saying, Max, I, I come back to the parable of the sower of the seed. I don't know if that's related. So like what you're talking about, because that, that's what I always think of with the whole like mega churches and emotional high and get people pumped up. Could we say that the parable of the sower where, you know, seed was sown on rocky ground or whatever, it never sure. rooted. Could we say that those are people who are getting emotionally Emotional high from high, that. high and, and not really paying attention to yeah. what's important. Yeah, and so, like I like I said, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a sin. Uh, right off the bat, I I can't make that judgment, you know, right. without that. But I'm because I listen to some of that music, but I'd rather not have it on Sunday morning. I think I know what you're saying there. Um, I don't think that's. But I think I, I think, I think you're either. painting in broad strokes in some ways because I think that 
I, I would say I actually find a lot of modern worship irritating, to be honest. Yeah. Because it's just so, like, just devoid of anything, any, like, good truth that actually is encouraging to me. But I would also say that I think that some of the emotion that they create, because to some extent, music creates emotion. So at some yeah. level, good music really brings out an emotion in you. So I don't think it's necessarily wrong to do that and to have some of the, you know, because some people will even criticize, well, why do you have all the repetition? And I'd say, well, I mean, yes, I think it can be get very rep- repetitive and annoying. But at the same time, I think some of the repetition can drive home the truth of it and can be more artistic in the way that it's able to kind of get your emotions engaged with the music. Okay, so if we establish the fact that there is a little bit of creative freedom in, in music and worship and all of those things, but biblically rich as compared to it passes a, a little doctrine test, mm-hmm. you know, I think most of those songs pass a doctrine test because they're sung in churches all over America. Right. But... I still don't. I don't. I still don't necessarily think that those are good songs to be singing on Sunday morning, because um, of some of the reasons that I've already said. But also, there is a lot of contemporary worship that is biblically rich. That's mm-hmm. alternative. That's uh, that kind of pushes back against that whole like rock concert type of music or pop music or. Um, that it may have elements of pop and rock, not that there's anything wrong with that, but they're also biblically rich. It's biblically rich music, yeah. and and it it does pass a very deep doctrine test, and so it's it's kind of to me it just seems like odd that churches would opt out of a whole realm of good of really good music mm-hmm. to just settle for some of the music that the contemporary music that's popular that's why they do it it's because it's i think largely it's popular music i look at a church that i I did a study for my capstone and i was looking at churches that had kind of these these this more hip uh pop culture you know type of ambiance to their church and in their sermons and you know I think in some respects you can draw the conclusion that when you start to use some of those pop culture, the popular, the whatever hits the masses, it really like, a lot of times it's not deep. And second off, it increases growth. But I don't, so that's that's the reason that I'm not, I'm not a fan. It just seems, it seems odd well, I mean, I think to opt out of good music for, to sell for what's popular. I think you should ask yourself, why does this music make growth? I mean, there's if there's fruit being had from it, it would, some people would argue that the growth of the church is fruit from that then. Mm. I mean, there's got to be, I mean, if people are coming to it, why are they coming to it? I mean, it's popular, yeah, but why ultimately are they coming to the music? There has to be because some... Because it's over-emotional. It's over-emotional. So you think it gives them the emotional, spiritual experience? Is that yep. what you're saying? Yep. It's all about. It's all really. I read this article, and forgive me for for um, using this term, but I'll I'll just use the the way that they they used it. But they said it is that worship is is sort of like. Sorry about this, but it's sort of like masturbation. I know. I know. And at first, you're like explicit. You're like, 
No, it's, it's explicit. It's fine. It was it was a Christian article. Explicit. And they really had a good i. They really had a good. You made the episode explicit, Max. Look what you've done. Okay. Why have you done okay. this? Okay. Right. <laughs> but hear me out for a second. They they did that because they said that because they drew a conclusion between modern worship and that it is very self gratifying. That's the only reason that I'm bringing up that, that term. Otherwise, I wouldn't bring up that term. But it is, for a lot of people, it's, it's about me and it's about gratifying myself. You're mm-hmm. not really worshiping God. You're kind of worshiping yourself. Do they use a song? Do they give like, examples of songs, per chance? Uh, no, I think they, they didn't do that. I yeah, better, I, mean, I better not look Max, I know what you're saying, but I definitely, I still feel like that, um, I don't know, I... I feel like we need to distinguish between songs that are not valuable and a whole style of worship because I feel like to some extent you're basically saying the whole like Hillsong Bethel style of worship is wrong and I, I just I know that in my experience in life I went to a church for a little bit that was very much about like really good worship and worship that was really in that style of Hillsong but they chose songs that overall they did a good mix I felt of like hymns in like more of a you know modern way and like songs like that and so i felt like their worship really was god honoring in many ways and really brought really brought the truth while still having extremely good like kind of emotionally powerful worship in the way it was produced now i will say that they spent a lot of time on it and a lot of money to make to make it good and kind of the because of their style ended up they kind of was attracting musicians so i would say that I think that to some extent they made that an emphasis and maybe that was too much of an emphasis mm-hmm. but I did feel like it was biblical and I felt like a lot of it was it was a really a blessing to my family and I like being part of it mm-hmm. and being in that way mm-hmm. I, th- I think that when you look at things and you, if you look at some songs if you want to take is well of my soul like the example we used earlier you could turn around and say that song is a very self-centered song it is well with my soul my soul is good my soul is fine but is that arguably the real message behind that? I think you're just looking at face value of that song. I mean, you're saying, why is it well with your soul? Is what I think the question would be asked then. I think there's more depth maybe to these songs and we might, we might give credit to them. Now Grant, they're very, some of them are very repetitive and they use the same, same two verses with one different type of chorus. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but there might be more meaning behind it. I mean. The churches overall, they could be very heretical, but the song, the singers, do we know the singers? I mean, are they inspired by their songs and what they writ and what they wrote down? A lot of times, though, yeah, okay, I get what you're saying, but I think there's a team that works on uh, lyrics, and I believe there's a with a lot with some of these churches. I think what happens is they have a team, and then they also have kind of a overseer of the lyrics before they get published and so I mean there's nothing wrong with having a team of people writing a lyric together I mean they could all be spirit led to write that I mean for people writing songs I don't I don't know if you could say that's a problem I mean well, you saw people write songs throughout songs yeah here's the thing I would say I would say that a lot of their songs like they pass a doctrinal test like there's mm-hmm. nothing heretical in them However, I don't feel like there's always something that beneficial in them. Right. Like they'll maybe say one line and you're like, okay, that's just one part of God. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's some songs like, you know, 
if the, even a hymn that's arranged in a modern way that you're just you're just like wow there's just so many layers of meaning in there yeah. of where it's actually like it's more a psalm like in the sense that it's bringing a lot of truths about God mm-hmm. and I think that's Max I think that's what the emphasis the person you were reading was saying is that it's self-serving because it's all about me and how God feels for me mm-hmm. and how God helps me instead of being about God and what can I know about God and I can talk about myself but it's in the context of responding to what God has done. So then there's kind of that emphasis on myself, but it's not on myself. It's about, it's a, it's even a, if it's my self-action, it's on God. Emphasis on my testimony. Well, and, how, and who's behind it? Yeah, not just you. Well, yeah, yeah. It. Emphasis yeah. on my testimony and why I have a testimony to begin with. Yeah, not just on you. It's about, right. It's about God and what he's done for you and I, you sharing that. I think that could also translate back to, like, if, like, there's a, I don't know how on bigger churches, but I always had an emphasis on growing up. If you don't know what to say, just say your testimony. Mm-hmm. And that's something Paul said, I think. I'd have to find it. And that could just be from uneducation to the Testament, to the New Testament, to the Scriptures. And then just going to their testimony for something they can write about. Uh, yeah, and I do, but I do think another thing is that when you face trials in your life, mm-hmm. if you just have worship music that is only about me and doesn't tell you a lot about God, then you don't have as much to think about of God. And I think that, for me personally, I think that's why what could irritate me about a lot of modern music is I feel like it just has so, it's just so shallow. Like mm-hmm. there's no like complex truths about God and like just more like, here's a bunch of things to know about God. So like when you hear it, it's not just like, oh, it's not I hear a bunch of songs. It's not I hear a bunch of stuff about God. It's like I just hear maybe one thing. And it's like, well, that's that doesn't really encourage me. But hearing lots of truths about God, even, you know, ideas from Scripture, that helps a lot. And so. to touch back early on the point you made, at Max, about like the large amounts of money coming from like, uh, like royalties and stuff. I think you're going to find, if you dig deep enough in, any, in just a lot of organizations, you're going to find issues when large monies are involved, large amount of money is involved. I think that's just going to be a blatant fact nowadays. Yes, but these are churches that time and time again, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying that, again, I'm not trying to get into the rut of Never have emotion in your songs. Read straight from the hymnal. Uh, no, no instruments in your worship. That's not what I'm. That's not the goal. What I'm saying is, it seems like a pretty slippery slope when we start singing these songs, enjoying these groups, blah blah blah. The whole adopted doctrine. Is that what you're? Mm, I don't know. Okay. But at a certain point, we. I mean, these these churches have some of these churches have proved themselves time and time again to have bad doctrine, mm-hmm. uh, to be false churches, and it seems it seems like an opportunity that we have to step away from that. We're not taking because we enjoy this. Like I said, the 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 whole thing it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because there are other songs that are yes. Um, emotional they're also you know biblically rich mm-hmm. doctrinally strong and so it's kind of like I mean you're sitting there and you're like okay I have the chance to eat um, to use a 
a, a bad reference, but like there's brownies and radishes sitting right in front of me. Let's call the brownies the good doctrine and the radishes the bad doctrine, even though that seems yeah, even though that seems opposite, right? Just to our sentimentality. But in that sense, it's like, why would you choose? Why choose the radishes? Nobody likes radishes. You know, in this ca- in this case, you understand what I'm talking about. I, Let's not get hooked I, up I, on. I get on what I get. What you mean about like there's better things. Like there, there's always there's always going to be better song that you can sing in a worship. There's always going to be something, some other song you could sing that has more meaning to it. So why not? I, I'm not the worship singer, the worship leader. I guess I wouldn't yeah, know. All of these every time that we every time that we get to like in a church service, it's like. Everybody's all rocking out to some of these songs, and and some of them are just not even. I don't know. It's, it's I mean, a personal preference. They're, they're, if the church decides to sing it, I'm not going to like stand up and and call God's judgment upon these people. You I know, would do that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. But I'm, I'm certainly not going to appreciate. I mean, those these people songs. are going to encounter the songs no matter where they go. They're they're right after church service. They're going to get in their car, turn on their car, and flip the radio on. Where's it going to go? Someone go. What, what's the station? I don't listen to the radio anymore. Uh, Ninety three point five, whatever. Yeah, WBC. Uh, yeah, nine point three WBCL. What are they going to play next? Up is Hillsong Worship. Oh, they bring you a song, and they're just going to have another Hillsong. Uh, no matter where you go, it's going to be there. But I think in the church, you do kind of say this is how corporately we're all going to worship. So mm-hmm. it is a little bit different in that way. However, I think it's all balance of what you do. Like I think everyone. I think there's kind of a, a balance because I think that we can all be talking about it from different perspectives. Like our level where we land might be more towards the doctrinal side and less towards the emotional side and then, you know, vice versa. And so I think that there is a point where you have to find the balance between that. And I, I wish there was more music and I do appreciate the music that they can find that balance between having really good, really encouraging lyrics and at the same time also emotionally engaging you as well. So engaging your heart and your mind at the same time. So and I feel like that's... I just feel like that is the goal, and I feel like when we go to either extreme, we end up either in just kind of worship that's just like, no, make sure we never have anything emotional or too emotional because that could be bad, or just like too legalistic of, you know, make sure you don't have anything that's too, like, you know, don't, you know, yeah, just no emotions or so much emotion that you're overwhelmed by it and you have no doctrine in your songs. I think we need to balance. I think the book I read makes a good point. Um, Or reading? I'm reading. Yeah, yeah the one I'm reading. Um, it talks about the church and the world, and how the church is supposed to be not of this world because we're not of this world, and we come together. Mm-hmm. And worship shouldn't be. Why you want to book? Oh, oh. not a book. Okay. <laughs> worship, uh, worship shouldn't be whatever is popular that's what yeah. the book says yeah um i'm still trying to wrap my head around it but <laughs> um i yeah i mean it kind of makes sense because it's about god worship is about god it's not about us getting us all hyped up mm-hmm for uh yeah it's, I, I like to use that term hyped up all right no <laughs> it's but, cool it's like you're at a rave it's sunday morning <laughs> rave on sunday morning Mosh pit on the pew. <laughs> but That's i mean great. check out what david says in the psalms and you're like 
that's pretty active, like, you know, clapping your hands and Very shouting true. and really being involved emotionally. I, so I I think I don't personally I don't know. At some point it's emotional, at some point it might be spirit led. That's right. I that's what I would think too. Like that's David, you know, people bigger. mocked him for, you know, dancing before the Lord kind of thing. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it was it's what do you what is the emotion for? Is it mm-hmm. directing you towards God and is it praise for God because you appreciate who God is? Or, or is it about you just feeling wanting to have it a, a really spiritual experience without thinking about God? Yeah. So yeah. So um we're at twenty eight minute mark. Uh, Max, you look like you're digging for something. Do you mm-hmm. have a final point or something? No, no. All right. So. Um, does anybody else have anything else to say about the topic at hand? I don't think so. I think we can I think this might be the Second one we've talked to, we've talked about it in at least a little bit, so I think we have more room to talk about later. So I mean, I'm we'll sure see. We, can, I'm we sure may or may not something. bring this topic up again, but yeah, I don't have anything else. All right, well, um, thank you for tuning in with us. Um, it's been another different mic situation this week, so uh, bear with us if we keep changing things. Uh, we'll eventually settle down and uh, have something more permanent. But uh, thank you for joining us in the Podcast. Uh, we'll see you next time.